are back with another edition of the Rewind That Tape podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cash. And I'm Mr. Stromboli. And it's been an eventful Monday, and we have a lot of things to look forward to. But um, first, it's after this championship Sunday, we received news that Bill's wideout Cole Beasley was playing on a broken fibula. Now, Beasley had a pretty productive game, and his extended passes kept that Buffalo team in the game. Stromboli, how badly did that Bills need him, even with that broken fibula? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much the Buffalo Bills really needed Cole Beasley with what they had going. I mean, he had a great game, but once again, you look at this Buffalo team, and they just didn't play well, period, in my opinion, against the Chiefs, which really makes me think, like, I don't know if this is completely necessary, but I appreciate him putting in the effort. I mean, he led the team in receiving yards, so I guess I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt saying he needed to be there. But once again, playing on a broken leg, that that's stuff that could potentially ruin your career. And I have to give it to Cole Beasley for playing with this. I mean, I don't know about you, but to me, this is like a really big, like Cole Beasley, like playing on a broken leg. Like I haven't seen it before. Yeah, I mean that that this is definitely one of the more serious injuries. Um, but we also saw Michael Thomas, AJ Brown playing on injured uh parts of their body. And um but yeah, I think Beasley had a very productive game and going back to your point, I think honestly it was kind of not necessary. I think okay, I'll just say it straight up. It was necessary for him to play in this game. Yeah. They also needed him having a year that they haven't had in a while. And it's this man's first conference championship appearances, the farthest he's gone in the playoffs. He went in the divisional round with the Cowboys. So this game was important to him. But again, there's always that uh, injury. I mean, that that risk of injuring even more and potentially costing your career. Yeah, I think for sure that when you look at it from that perspective, uh, it's something that you want because you're playing on your first, uh, I think it's his first AFC championship um because i know on the cowboys they didn't make it there and but i just want to point like stefan Diggs. i I think other guys could have stepped up but once again i i have to agree that his play was was part of their points but i i just disagree on the thing that i i don't think he needed to play in this game for the bills to really have a chance they couldn't get the run game going and i think that's been a problem all year so i think that's where they kind of have to look as the offseason but once again, this is that that when I saw these this news, I was genuinely surprised because this is not something you see in the NFL, right? And the other thing is like Beasley did not look one bit. Um, yeah, he, bit he, hurt. He, he, looked he looked fine. Like, yeah, he looked normal. But I think I'll have to disagree with you on the point where he where you thought he shouldn't have played. I just think it was just a huge stage there. Like, why not? Yeah, you no, know, help your team because this team has needed you this year. You've been a star. Um, so I, yeah, in my opinion, I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's from both sides. There's pros and cons to playing in that AFC championship game. Unfortunately they fell, but, uh, definitely props to Cole Beasley for putting it all, leaving it all out on the field. As we now transition mm-hmm. into a developing story coming into the NBA in which they may hold an all-star game, this all-star game for this year was supposed to be played in Indianapolis, but they are considering doing a potential game in Atlanta. Do you think this is a good idea? I mean, the All-Star game's been fun to watch, and it's and it's been getting more fun as the years go on with more stars coming in. 
Do you yeah. really think that this is a good idea for the NBA? I mean, quite honestly, I really want to say that we're almost done with this whole coronavirus situation. But I think in the long run, if we want an NBA season to occur, we don't want to have to stop this. I think the best action would to have no uh, all-star game just because when players we have teams getting hurt throughout the year this year and teams getting like getting coming out of the games and not being able to play we have suspended games throughout the NBA season so for that reason when I look at it from that perspective I'm saying no we shouldn't have a game because you're bringing all these players together one team has the coronavirus and now everybody on the floor has it and these guys are coming from all different kinds of teams so from that perspective I just I can't I can't go out there and say yeah I want to have a game when when I don't when I don't want to see the NBA have to suspend their year and play less games especially with my teams if your team's on the bubble and I think a few of my teams are right now yeah I think it's definitely a situation where the NBA is gonna have to take uh, quite a long thought because like you said teams are coming from all around the country from California all the way to Florida I mean they're all coming into Atlanta I mean you're right if one guy gets it makes a mistake and you know it appeared at a crowded area and he infects another guy who's on a team and spreads it to his team. I mean, it's just a yeah. whole mess that can eventually pause the season um, because of an all-star game that the viewers have slowly decreased statistically throughout the years because it's just like that game. It's like no defense and, you know, there's yeah. a few star plays here and there. But I feel like it. I, I, I got to agree with you. It's not super necessary to play this game, although it would be fun because we yeah. got new talent coming in, but I mean, it's it's just a risk you don't want to take because you're gonna you might have to pause the season. Multiple teams might have to are gonna have to postpone games. I mean, we already look at some teams playing with eight players, the Heat, yeah. and Mavericks. I agree. You just, yeah, you just don't want that situation, and not just that. After the All Star game, teams are looking for the playoff spots. So definitely, uh, something to consider there for the NBA. It's just it's a whole mess right now, and you just don't want to take the risk. Yeah, and it also shows that like the players really want this game if they're going to push it so hard, which they have in the past few weeks. Chris Paul leading the charge as the NBA PA, MBPA, excuse me, president. I think it would be interesting to put it in Atlanta and see what happens. And obviously I'm, I want to see a game, but from the NBA's perspective, it's just, it's just not worth it to cancel more games when then they already have, which they're already canceling so much, which really would, would sa- sacrifice the season really when you, think about either playing this game or or just holding off and just taking it with a bit of salt. Right, because also another plus here is that players can get rest instead of having to go down to Atlanta and do this. But, again, I mean, the All-Star game is not like a full-on training session kind of a thing, but definitely yeah. I there's a lot of downsides to having this, but it would be fun at the end of the day. Um, but we now move on to NCAA men's basketball. As tomorrow night, we've got what should be a good one in the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas. The 24th-ranked team going up against the 4th-ranked team. One thing to note here, uh, Stromboli, head coach for the, the Longhorns, Shaka Smart, is out due to COVID, so he will yeah. be watching the game from his house. This game will be played in Austin. Who you got in? How, how, how much is this absent of Smart? affect this Longhorns team well one thing I'd like to point out right now is is that this is wasn't 
this isn't normally a series you are watching for in college basketball just because both teams, they're football schools, right? So we don't see much from them in the NCAA world. But this year, both have fantastic teams. Both have uh, some older teams that are playing well. And right now, the Sooners are also playing at a high level. With We've seen Texas play well throughout the year. And uh, Texas was my pick the last time we did a kind of a March Madness college game day, which was Texas versus Kansas. And we saw the Longhorns get the win there. I mean, it's hard to see Texas not winning this game at home, but I think this smart testing positive, it has so much benefits for OU. I mean, am I wrong when I say that? Because you're you're not only losing your head coach, you're losing the guy that calls the plays, the guy that calms you down, all that stuff in there. And I think that's really important. Yeah, uh, definitely what Smart has done. You know, this team used to be the in the NIT, but he's taken them, their top five program, knocked off, Big 12 teams that are uh, definitely have been tier one for a while. But, yeah, definitely the way he uh, preaches that mindset for that Longhorns team will definitely come into effect. And uh, don't get – this OU team, they're they're not a scary, scary team, but they're a team that you shouldn't be um, thinking of a team that, oh, this is cakewalk, you know. We're we're yeah. going to beat this team. They're, they're a team that's on the rise. And, sure, they got that – they had that blowout loss to Xavier. But, I mean – they beat Kansas on the road. I mean, excuse me, at home, but still a top ten yeah. Kansas team. And look, yeah. the way the well, way Long Kruger has that uh, team shaping up, they're gelling together at the perfect time. Yeah, both teams ranked in this matchup, which is why we're talking about it so much. And I think what's really interesting is that OU, when they start well, they usually are able to stay in the game. I think both their big losses, they didn't just they just didn't play too well in Texas is known for shutting down teams early and, and finishing off games. I mean, we saw in the Kansas game, they just kept shutting down on shutting Kansas down on the defensive side, and which led to a blowout win. I just think from the Sooners' perspective, you got to keep it moving. You got to keep the ball moving. You got to trust your players and trust your, your coaches are going to do the right thing. And on the Texas side, it's simply stop the Sooners early. If you can beat the Sooners early, you're going to win this game because – We've seen it already twice in this series or in OU season. When they don't start well, they usually can't keep up. I mean, what are your thoughts on the, those keys to the game? I mean, who who do you have winning here, Cash? Uh, yeah, I, I like those thoughts of the game. I mean, you got to keep that tempo, tempo going because you look at uh, what this Texas team has done in the past this season. I mean, once teams get on a cold streak, they, they completely take advantage of that. They flip the switch, and that yeah. gets them uh, the W. So, yeah, you just got to keep a consistent pace if you're Oklahoma. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you're Texas, I mean, look, you're not going to have your head coach, and you just got to play smart. Don't You got to avoid silly mistakes, and yeah. you just got to take care of business at the end of the day. You're a top-five team. You've beat the Blue Bloods of the Big 12, and now it's your time to shine without your head coach and show that you can do it. But I think – for me, who I got winning this game, I honestly I, I want to pick the upset here, but really because of that head coach absence. But there's just some side of me that feels that UT can pull this out. But I mean, look in the end, it's just a tough decision. But yeah, it's a flip. I get, I get, yeah, it's a flip flop. I mean, I'm I'm switching sides here. You know, I I think one time it's this team can't perform without Shaka Smart. The other time is I think they'll be able to take advantage of Oklahoma's weaknesses. But you know, in the end, it's Actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and switch up to Oklahoma just because I think that with what Long Kruger's able to do 
because he's been able to point out the weaknesses of other teams as he's done in the past. Yeah, and he's able to uh, completely flip the switch, take advantage of that team, those teams. And I'm only going to say Oklahoma because of the uh, shock of smart absence. But what about yeah. you, Tom Bully? I mean, you've been high on this Oklahoma team coming into the season, and now they they beat they beat a ranked team, and and they look like they're forming a, a good mold there in, in Norman. So, do you think they can go yeah. down to Austin and win this rivalry game? Yeah, I'm high on Coach Long Kruger. I just think he's like a really a great coach out there, and he and it's hard to play against him because he, like you said, he's able to point out the weaknesses, and that's why I was leaning OU. But it's just like you that we just saw. I mean, it's kind of like a back and forth type of thing with you don't know who's going to really win. And I just think with Texas playing at home, I think that's the main difference here. Even without their starting coach, I think they find a way to hold on. But I think this game is a lot closer than people think because both teams are strong. And when you have two strong teams, usually it it plays to a great game like we saw last night with the Texas Tech-West Virginia game. And that really brings me to the point that Texas, all they have to do is, like you just said, take care of business. It's just they stay, keep their mindset focused. This is a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Just keep your mind straight, and you're going to win this game. That would bring us to our very next segment, which will be KD and what is happening. I'm going to go ahead and let Cash explain you guys more on what was going on with this segment. Yeah, I mean, look. If you're an NBA fan, you know about Kevin Durant. The man is one of the greatest scorers of all time, the snake. And, I mean, he's just been a great player to watch. Um, But, I mean, a real question here to ask yourself is, who is KD? I mean, what can this guy do? Look, we saw him get to the NBA Finals as a super young, skinny guy in Oklahoma City with Russ. But... Then we saw him leave Oklahoma City, join the team he lost to. He blew a 3-1 lead to. And yeah. he won two finals with them, two finals MVPs. And he wanted to prove to the world that he doesn't need a whole stacked team with two all-stars, two future all-famers to win. He said he needs, he, wants, he needs one guy and he can get the job done. And that one guy was Kyrie Irving. We all know yeah. that. That blockbuster... Um, signing uh, last year we all know KD didn't play that year Kyrie didn't play some of that year and then yeah and they, they were supposed to go to the Knicks right yeah yeah they were supposed to go to the Knicks they ended up going to that other team in New York the Brooklyn Nets and uh after that it was like we saw those first two games of the season with K- Kyrie, and Kyrie and KD excuse me and I mean they looked unstoppable everyone's yeah, like this, this is our final need, they didn't need Harden in my yeah. opinion Right, and then a few weeks later, Harden, as we all knew, won it out of Houston and Brooklyn's his preferred destination, one of his preferred destinations, and Houston's able to pull off a deal with Brooklyn. Which is ridiculous. Right, and it it brings me back to the point of, is KD able to win without two elite scorers? Is he able to win without two future Hall of Famers? I mean, he's putting putting himself back in the same situation. And don't get me wrong. If I was an NBA player, I'd want James Harden on my team to get that uh, scoring all day. But he's reinventing himself and putting himself in the same exact position he was in the last yeah. four years. I mean, telling us he's going to take the hard road, and, and yet we see him take the easy road in and out of games. It's 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 almost frustrating to watch as an NBA fan because you know KD 
might be in the NBA Finals playing against you, and quite honestly, you don't want to play against him. Right, and for all you guys listening, I mean, if you're, I mean, if you're a Nets or uh, Warriors fans, no disrespect, but I mean, these two franchises, I mean, they're kind of in a way carrying his career. He's gonna have a great legacy. I mean, he's gonna have all these playoff appearances, finals appearances, but the organization is getting him all surrounding him with all this great talent. I mean, I don't. He's not in my mind. He's not a number one play. He's not a number one guy. Like let's just say he's put in uh, with the. Just take the Miami Heat or the Houston Rockets. I mean, I don't think that team would be in the finals even if he was with them. Just I don't I don't I can't see him yeah. as that number one guy. We saw him in Oklahoma City, but I mean, he wasn't able to get the job done there. Yeah, and I, and I know a lot of people will say like, "Hey, he had a super team in OKC," but you guys have to realize this OKC team was not the favorite. They were never the favorite because the Warriors were in town. And exactly, I've been to a few Chesapeake Arena games, and two of the games that I happened to be at during the two-year span was the Game 6 where OKC lost to the Warriors on the way to blowing a 3-1 lead. So that would be their – it would be 3-2 after the – 3-3 after the game, excuse me. And the second OKC game that I'd go to, my very next game, happened to be against the Warriors. I pan-picked that game, and – and I saw the hatred, the p- hatred that was pouring out of fans. I mean, it's hard to say that you're going to be okay with your star player leaving to the team that you guys just lost to. Sure, you can leave. Go to Washington. Go somewhere where he had a lot of options that year. And and KD, like we said earlier, he's saying he's going to make it harder. He said he wants a new challenge. He goes to Brooklyn and just brings on another all-star it's hard to see them not winning the East now. I mean, do you really think that – I know we talked earlier and you were high on the Bucks, but the Nets, I mean, it's hard to not pick them to be in the final four teams as we head into the summer. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely uh, hard to pick against this Nets team to uh, get out of the East. But And people are going to say this because they lost to the Cavs twice and uh, they they're not able to – score even with those three elite scores or whatever the case is they're not deep enough but yeah how i don't think there's a way that you can bet against james harden kevin durant and kyrie yeah. irving not to mention what K- kd and kyrie have done in the playoffs is insane now i get yeah. harden has had his struggles but harden's been that the main man having to take all the shots and step up so with the minimized role here with brooklyn harden can easily just drop 25 not having all the pressure on him at once so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, definitely it's almost hard. like you can you only have to play like two games, two players, and you can just rest a guy. I mean, that's what it seems like here in Brooklyn because the East is not – they've gotten stronger and stronger over the years, but they're still not the conference that the West is, especially this year with the West having so many teams that will be in the mix. So when you take all of that, the East will – and the Nets might just play the Hornets in the first round or the Magic. And when you play either one of those teams – you don't really need all three of your guys playing, which is ridiculous in the NBA. I hate to see that because I I don't like seeing players just rest because they can do it for the heck of it. And I know the NBA is trying to crack down on it, but how? Yeah, I think uh, just one way I, I don't see really a – I mean, okay, I guess I do see a point, but not much of one because I think it's a fine of $10,000 if you rest a player on – uh, prime yeah, time game, the but way again, you can like injuries, you can, man. 
yeah, you can say it's injuries, and then the other thing is you can play them one night and rest them the other two that aren't prime time games. But for this net situation, you're you're stacked. Yeah. You're stacked. And it's, although you don't have Jared Allen anymore, you don't have Karis LeVert, you're, yeah. you're still stacked. I mean, you got Spencer Dinwiddie there. You got Landry Shaman. It's it's a situation for the Nets where it might get out of control. Like it might be there. I can easily see some dysfunctioning in this organization just yeah. because of one player wanting the ball, the other one saying I'm not getting enough touches, the other one saying Oh, y'all are leading on issues. Yeah, yeah. Easily see some locker room issues because with players like Kyrie, we've seen that there's been locker room issues in Boston in the past. So yeah, I definitely think this Nets team they might have some issues in the future, but. For now, I mean, you can't ask for much more. You, I mean, you can't ask for more. Have three Hall of Famers on your team. That's it's something that uh, hasn't been done. So, I think I honestly think this Nets team will make the finals. But I'm not going to go against LeBron here. I think it's Lakers in seven. What about yeah. you, uh, Strong Boy? Do you think this this Nets team is able to defeat LeBron's Lakers? Yeah, I don't think they knock off the Lakers quite honestly I think the West is a lot more open than it seems but I don't think anybody coming out of the East wins I think the Nets will have the biggest challenge I don't even think I don't even want to say Milwaukee because they've just been so up and down we'll see what happens in in Boston and, and Atlanta if Atlanta can ever get it together or Toronto but yeah I see the Nets playing the Lakers and I just see LeBron just coming out and taking control yeah, I think uh, it's definitely going to be something where we see LeBron's great. I think it's going to be just how great LeBron is is what he's going he's to show in a series against the Nets. But, guys, that's going to wrap it up for our, this episode of the Rewind That Tape podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our website, rewindthattape.com. Post articles for you guys multiple times a week. And DM us on Instagram, Twitter, Bleacher Report, uh, if you have any ideas, if you want us to talk about something or write about something, um, yeah, hit us up, Twitter, Instagram, Bleach Report, Halftime, TikTok, we got it all. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on the next edition of Find That Tape Podcast.